Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Underrated Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss films that are underrated, underappreciated, and ones that have slipped under the radar. I am your host, Derek McDuff, and today is Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. So we've got a special Christmas episode for you here. We're going to be discussing the 2017 Christmas zombie musical Anna and the Apocalypse, and this film was brought to me by a very special Christmas guest, and that would be Art from A Cozy Christmas Podcast. Art, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, since today is Christmas, you know, this is the day I live for all year, so I'm, I'm doing pretty good today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, because uh, as, as the, the people may or may not know, Based on the name of your podcast, you have your own Christmas podcast. So, I don't. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you want to let the people know about that? Yeah, well, I I do a, a Christmas podcast year round. I like to read stories on on the podcast, especially more towards the Christmas season. I'll I'll talk to um, authors who might have written a, uh, you know, a Christmas book or some kind of Christmas creative that has done music or art or actors. I've had some actors on before. Uh, Just people involved in telling the story of Christmas in a variety of ways. Uh, And I, and I love reading the old classics from, you know, like from the Victorian age, Uh, you know, the stories people equate with Christmas, like Christmas Carol, things like that. Uh, What's fun is that those, those stories, especially the Victorian stories, were often ghost stories. You, you get some that were sentimental and heartwarming and stuff like that. But a lot of times on Christmas Eve, you know, they would combine what we would think of as Halloween and Christmas, and they would stay up and tell ghost stories. Um, and in fact, I've got a couple of the stories I read this past year actually have the scene set at Christmas time by the fire telling a ghost story and. Sometimes they can be pretty funny. Sometimes they can be tragic, but yeah, it, it kind of runs the gamut. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's always some good stuff to check out on that show. And it was like, yeah, you know, I when I when it lined up that this year, I realized I have an episode coming out on Christmas Day. I've got to get the preeminent Christmas podcaster on my show, and to have him give me a recommendation for an underrated Christmas movie. And I think that you really, you really came through in spades. You said, like you're saying, Christmas, the old Victorian stories, the Dickensian era, mm-hmm. uh, Victorian era of Christmas stories were a lot spookier, a lot of ghost stories. So this, I think, it it fits right into that. And you were kind of, we were kind of talking about before how do you think that this is one of your favorite Christmas films? Uh, that being, of course, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Anna and the Apocalypse which is a Christmas zombie musical. I just love saying that. Uh, <laughs> directed by uh, John McPhail, uh, written by a, based on a screen, or with a screenplay by Alan McDonald and Ryan McHenry, based on McHenry's uh, BAFTA-nominated short zombie musical uh, with a ensemble cast of largely unknowns with Ellen Hunt in the lead role. But why is this, you know, why was this your your go-to underrated Christmas movie? Because I admit I had not heard of it before. Mm. Yeah, I came across it 
just a couple of years ago, in fact, and it, it's somehow that it's able to balance the, the, the tropes of a Christmas movie, you, you know, like Anna is trying to get back to home for lack of a better term. You know, she's trying to get back to what's familiar, what's safe to be there with uh, her dad, where they're hiding out at the school. But in between them is this apocalypse she has to get through. And it just reminded me of, you know, trying to get home during Christmas when the weather knocks out all the power and, and the planes are grounded and all that. So you, and you got, you have the decorations, there's a little bit of Christmas music in it, but then it also takes, you know, I've got a, I've got a soft spot in my heart for zombie movies, <laughs> which I don't get to talk about on my <laughs> podcast. So uh, I, I thought this would be a great opportunity to talk about this film, it, it, you know, and I, I love the, um, the character growth and the, and the character journey. These, all the kids go through in, in the film. It, it just really taps into time of year where you're kind of reflecting on life and you know it's the end of the year it's a new year's coming what's it going to hold what's it going to bring you, you know you, you just you know, you often hope it's going to be good and then they set that in you know in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and then you know just for kicks and giggles i guess they throw music in <laughs> yeah no i i this this one was really great kind of talked about how it's a genre mashup and I, I love a good genre mashup, mm -hmm. especially when it feels uh, really appropriate. Like it's taking two things, which on the surface seem very, uh, very different, very uh, on opposite ends of the spectrum, but on upon closer inspection, uh, their themes really line up. And I think that uh, a Christmas musical and a zombie film are two things that really fit that bill. Uh, because watching this, you know, you start to realize some stuff about how it really does completely work in both of those genres. And I think one of the big things about Christmas movies or about Christmas, it's something that a lot of people talk about, is how the holidays can feel kind of isolating, especially mm -hmm. for people who might not have the the best family relationship, might have lost people. Anna, obviously, she doesn't have her her mom isn't around anymore. And then you have Steph, who I think is probably my favorite character. Yeah, she you know, she doesn't have anybody. Her her girlfriend isn't there. Uh, her parents are off on a trip. So that's that's kind of a recurring thing that so many people feel at Christmas and so many Christmas movies address so well is that isolation when it's like all this happy time and all this beautiful thing. And it's about being together and you're just feeling very lonely. And mm -hmm. obviously, zombie movies are really about being lonely well, feeling alone in the world, feeling like you are surrounded by zombies. It's it's the thing that genre fiction does so well, where it takes something metaphorical, feeling like you're alone and everyone around you is just kind of this unfeeling zombie that you can't relate to at all, and makes it literal. And the marriage of those two ideas is a match made in heaven. And it's something I'm like, wow, why didn't, why didn't anybody think of this before and right. it really works it really does yeah i when i first heard about it i was skeptical i i heard about it on another christmas podcast and they were talking about the film and i i said okay you you, you had me at zombie christmas musical <laughs> okay i gotta check this out <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was it's definitely one that sparks the interest it's it's you know it's one of those great elevator pitch movies 
you can describe this movie in a sentence and you're like, okay, I'm interested. And yeah. I didn't even know this was a musical at first. I knew it was a Christmas movie with zombies when you first uh, pitched it to me. But then I kind of, when I was getting ready to watch it, I was like, oh, this is a musical too. And I got to say that the soundtrack in this is honestly pretty spectacular. I was, right. I was really jamming on this. Um, and it actually kind of inspired me to make a, a playlist for a lot of the great songs that have come up on movies that I've uh, covered here before on the podcast. But I was, I was like, I watched the movie and, and I was listening to the soundtrack afterward. How do you feel about the soundtrack? Oh, I, I love the soundtrack and I'll, I'll give you a kind of an inside peek into the life of, of those of us who love Christmas year round. We, we know that, you know, what we call the normal people, <laughs> they don't, you know, want to hear, <laughs> they don't want to hear Christmas music in August. But if I pop in the Anna and the Apocalypse soundtrack, har hardly any of the mo songs sound Christmassy. So it can be like my little secret way of celebrating Christmas when nobody and nobody else will know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, every time I hear the soundtrack, it, it just, gets better for me you know to, to hear it and uh there were a couple that this time around really stuck out to me too as as just being a very powerful in its in its words even more so than than just the tune but yeah i i love the soundtrack it's fantastic nice what what are what are those couple that stood out to you this time around yeah the one especially was towards the end oh uh the song i will believe uh, which mm. is sung right after. I, I, I'm assuming we do spoilers. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, here. Spo okay. spoilers. Yeah, okay. You know, right, right after the part where her dad dies, and you know, there's this tragic moment in her life, which uh, I, I'm like, no, why did you kill everyone off? You know, but it, as she's singing that song, it, it's it's like I've had this tragedy now, you know, and we all will get to that point if we haven't already, the, the day where our parents will be, will be gone and we'll have to face life without them, depending on your relationship with your parents. You know, that's either good or bad, I guess. But, but, you know, she says, I'm not going to give up. I, you know, I'm going to have hope and I'm going to believe, you know, and it's just this very somber, but hopeful determination on her part that at the beginning of the film, she was, um, I think a little more uncertain about the future, but now, you know, she's determined and she's ready to tackle it. Whatever happens, she has, she has hope. She has faith you know, she, that it's, it's going to work out. And at the, at the end of the day, you know, that's really what Christmas is all about. You could say. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, you know, a recurring theme in so many Christmas stories. It's, it starts with this character who's kind of given up on, a lot of things given up on life, just very, very somber or somebody who's just a Scrooge, you know, a Grinch. Mm -hmm. And not that saying that Anna is necessarily, but by the end of this, despite all the horrible things that happened, she is a, a much more hopeful character. And I think a lot of the characters are and they get that classic drive off into the sunset ending that so many zombie films have. But it, it has a little bit more of a well, I guess a lot of zombie films have that hopeful ending. Uh, and I think a lot of the Christmas films do too. So that, that once again goes with that kind of synergy of these two unexpected genres. Yeah. One one of my favorite 
songs and i don't i don't know if you want to go through the film in order or what but another favorite yeah, yeah. that really well yeah just kind of just however however it comes up don't okay. to go through it sequentially but you know however yeah. you want to talk about it. it it's uh more towards the beginning of the the film uh the song turning my life around you know she comes out first thing in the morning she's singing this happy song she's dancing around while pure chaos reigns around her <laughs> it was you, you know you've got the cars crashing the zombies eating each other all of this is happening. She's completely clueless to it all. And the one thing I noticed is that the song is towards the end. It, it's her and uh, John. They're literally singing and dancing in the graveyard. You know, there's a there's a phrase I, mm -hmm. I just learned recently. It's called whistling past the graveyard. You know, it, it it's, implies like this um, idea that you're trying to avoid something that's really obvious uh, if I'm explaining that right. Hmm. And so it's like, you know, that obvious thing is we're all going to die someday. So we're just kind of whistling past the graveyard to pretend it's not, hmm. it's not there. And so I'm like, wait, are they literally, you know, whistling past the graveyard here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that was something else. That kind no, of that's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love that. Then of course the frosty zombie shows up at the end and, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> chaos reigns. Yeah. But, but yeah, that that whole song. I and I think they they did something similar. In um, have, have you seen Shaun of the, of the Dead? One of my favorite. Like this, and this definitely gave me a lot of Shaun of the Dead vibes. To be honest, right? Yeah, I think they had a similar scene like that in Shaun of the Dead, which is a, a fantastic movie on its own right. But uh, I, I think I read in some of the trivia for the film that they were inspired. Uh, that was one of the films that inspired them. So. You can see it's um, some some nods to that film, I think. But yeah, it's a fantastic scene. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that especially that song that you were just talking about where they're all dancing and happy and while in the background, truly horrific things are happening, does something that I think all the songs in this movie do, which is you can have these really horrific things going on, but the movie doesn't feel that intense despite it having all these gnarly zombie scenes that in most movies you would be like oh this is really horrific or horrifying but here it's a, it's a lot more palatable and the big reason for that i think is the the film or the the sound you know the the music that's happening uh and it yeah. just reminds me of something you know that i from back in my college days when i took a film music class and one of the things they talked about is that you can have these the way you can blunt these intense moments is by putting the music on it. And one of the things that the professor did was he showed us the opening scene of Forrest Gump with the feather falling. And he did it with a bunch of different soundtracks. It's like, all right, this is now a horror movie. And like, it was all, you know, intense and spooky. And then he's like, now it's like, uh, you know, a musical. And it was a lot more upbeat. And that is really, you know, it speaks to the absolute power that a soundtrack can have because it puts you in this state of mind you're able to experience the the zombie uprising and all this stuff that the characters are going through but instead of just being like oh this is something i can't watch you got to watch it through your fingers or you're like this mm. has got to be a hard r yeah the, the the soundtrack in this really does a good job of putting you in a more christmasy mindset taking something that might have been like an r down to like a pg-13 uh all that kind of stuff um yeah so yeah i don't know if you have any thoughts about any of that yeah, uh, well, it's it's amazing how 
music just impacts a scene. And I was noticing some of the songs, you know, though they weren't Christmas songs, they were, I could hear like jingle bells in the background. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like this old joke that if you make any song and add jingle bells, it's a Christmas song, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, it, 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 I, I think it, it just, it's a subtle touch, but it really helps sell, you know, the Christmas atmosphere even right, though right. it's not necessarily about Christmas itself, mm-hmm. it, it just adds to that to make it a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's it's just you know it has those. It's like a it's like a cheat code. You can instantly just put in the jingle bells, and you'll understand like, oh, this is Christmas. Like I remember even thinking of like on the Killers' first album, and they all Killers have obviously done a bunch of Christmas songs, but the one Everything Will Be All Right has these like kind of bells shaking in the background, and I'm always just like, oh yeah, this is like a Christmas vibe. The song is not Christmas at all, yeah. but it instantly gives you those feelings. And I think that's something that while these songs, the lyrics might not be explicitly about Christmas, you do still have that vibe because we have the cultural touchstone of the Jingle Bells being like, no, this is a Christmassy sound. Yeah. Although talking about Christmas songs, it does have one really great Christmas song in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it's uh, that song. It's that time of year that they sung at at the school Christmas play. The the one uh, la- uh, young lady. What I can't think of her name now. Uh, Steph or not Steph? The um, uh, Lisa. Lisa, yeah, she sings that Christmas yeah. song. That is just chock full of innuendos. <laughs> I have to add that to the rotation of songs like that that I you listen to every Christmas. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love I love the line that um, you know the as the dad and the headmaster there, uh, Savage, mm-hmm. which is a great name. You're right, good good <laughs> name for a villain. Yes, uh, you know, <clears throat> it was actually during the the penguins are trying to rap. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such a great scene. That you see them as zombies later on. It's such a good yeah. payoff. Yeah, and and the dad is like, well, at least they're trying. And then uh, <laughs> Mr. Savage is like, very. <laughs> <laughs> Love so, it. So, yes. Yeah, right. Spe- speaking of, uh, you know, these characters, do you have any favorite characters from this movie? Yeah. Well, I I do enjoy, I think with you, uh, Steph, I, I think she has a very interesting character. They're they're all just so good. They they have such a great journey. But my my really I think the one I identify with the most is is John, poor poor fella. John is, you know, he has such an unrequited love for for Anna, and, and he's just this gentle Christmas loving guy, who gets pulled into this horrific events. And he's such an interesting contrast to. Um, the the other um, the uh, the other boy that survives the film, who is like very hard and and bitter, he had he has to like kill his dad and everything because he turned into a zombie and you know it's it's a real interesting contrast and the scene where Anna just basically friend zones him you know that's just like yeah. a gut punch I'm like she's like you're my best friend <laughs> like oh man <laughs> come on yeah and. When he when he gets bit by a zombie, when I first saw the film, I was like, "No, <laughs> no, <laughs> they're supposed to live happily ever after." But then, the setup for the movie 
is, is the song, you know, the, the Hollywood ending song that mm-hmm. life doesn't always give you that Hollywood ending. And then after you see the movie, then you go back and if you want to rewatch it, you see some of the characters you think should have survived. They don't, you know, mm-hmm. even, even like the fact that her dad gets it, you know, I'm like, that's just yeah. cruel. That's, but I, I think it's what the film is trying to say is that, you know, as Anna is going out into real life, she's leaving the safety of home and it's not always going to be that happy Hollywood ending that you get in movies. On one end, it's kind of a, it can be a downer, but also it, I think, can be uh, uplifting too. It's it's kind of the strange combination of feelings by the end of the film. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm glad you brought up John and him getting, you know, quote unquote, friend zoned, because I think that is, I really like, I really found all that interesting because I was like, okay, I see what they're doing here. They're setting up the thing where, it's this guy who's had a crush on her forever and she's kind of maybe ignored him. And she like had this run in with this other guy who's a jerk and they're going to get together at the end of the movie. But then she has that moment. You're like, Oh, okay. Like I, I really appreciated that. Like I did feel bad for John, but I also appreciated that. It was like, yeah, like, you know, it's sometimes if you, you pine after this person, you don't, you, and you expect them to be with you. It doesn't always work out. You, you sometimes your friend, wants to be your friend and that's that's all they're not they don't owe you anything or anything and he mm-hmm. accepts that you know mm-hmm. uh, i think that's a great remote from him and then when he he dies it kind of like comes quickly out of nowhere and that is one of the scenes where there isn't happy christmas music playing in the background it's right. intense that is i think one of the most even more than her dad's death scene one of the most intense scenes in the movie and then following that this character you think is just going to be this foil for him. Like this, uh, this jerk Nick actually kind of comes back and be, uh, becomes much more of a deeper, interesting character. And you see that they have this uh, emotional connection. And as soon as, as soon as I saw he had his cronies there who just like, I was like, those guys are going to eat it in the next scene. Those guys are dead meat. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And of course, you know, they go out and, and I, I think that whole sequence when, they're kind of making their way through the city to get to the school. That's the one I feel like the most Shaun of the Dead vibes when it's like, yeah. okay, it's this group of people. They're getting there. You're getting to see these interpersonal relationships uh, come out amongst this zombie thing. And, you know, they're they're taking out these zombies in creative and fun, interesting ways. I think it's such good. It's such good iconography with her with the big bloody candy cane and the blood on her face like smacking zombies in the head it's even better than sean with the cricket bat because it's like oh yeah this is that you see that you're like christmas zombie movie boom there it is right there right Uh, so i i think it does a really good job utilizing that iconography i mean you being a christmas expert how do you feel about all the iconography in this movie um well it's like you said i i I love it although I do get some people who push back against, you know, using something as special as Christmas and then having this horrific events happening around it. But, you know, I, I have a line and I don't feel like this movie crosses that line at all, but I could be a disturbed person. I don't know. But <laughs> well, if you are, then I am too. Cause I, I, I had a blast with this. So. <laughs> but but it, it's, it's like you said, you see her with a bloody candy cane and you know, immediately, Oh, zombie Christmas movie, you know, it's just boom. And I, you know, I I think it's kind of fun to, 
I mean, you really do use, I guess it's kind of like a, a zombie movie trope, you know, you, you use whatever you have on hand. So, hey, there's Christmas decorations everywhere. It's kind of like, you know, maybe a little bit like Home Alone, <laughs> except they're using <laughs> blunt force trauma. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't mind them using that, uh, using the Christmas icons at all. Yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah. you know, that's, that's really clever, a clever way to take this thing that we know in one context and to utilize it in a completely different new context. So you are seeing this thing that you're very familiar with uh, used in a way that you are very unfamiliar with, um, or at least you're, you, you've seen blunt force objects used against zombies in the past, and you've seen candy canes used in the past, but never in conjunction. And I think that fits really well with everything we were talking about before, about how these two different kind of things fit together in the movie. Right, yeah. And there's there's a couple of scenes like that. Are, even the fact that they are they have some kind of strange Christmas program, or I don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> It's just really bizarre. Two penguins rapping. Uh, you've got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got uh, Frosty being a zombie. Y you know, they go through this Christmas tree forest kind of thing, and that's there's zombies waiting in there. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's great. It's it's what I it's odd, odd enough to say it, but it's what I loved about the film. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, so did I. I, I really. I'm always a fan of genre mashups. Some of my favorite films that I've covered here on Underrated have taken the iconography of one genre and transported it onto another genre. And it's really great when you wouldn't think of it like this. But yeah, before we, you know, completely wrap up here, do you have do you have any any stray thoughts, any 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 other things you wanted to talk about here on the uh, with the film? Yeah, I you know, again, just really liked the the character growth that really all of them experience even the ones that don't make it out of the film you know i really caught on to that this time around you know like even even john where like we were saying he gets friend zoned and and he you, you just the acting he does in that scene where he's in the in the grocery cart and you know she said let's sw switch places and she had just told him, you know, you're my best friend, you know, kind of that's mm -hmm. it. And you see this, all these conflicting emotions just kind of flip across his face. And he does such a great job with that. But then in the end, he, he's kind of like, okay, that's what you want. That's what I'm going to do. And and then he, he, you know, then he gets eaten. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, he had, he had character growth, I think. And yeah, yeah. It just kind of a straight, a real straight thought. But I, I love it at the end. When he's, you see him just laying there as a zombie, and then he he turns on the Christmas lights on his sweater, and he's just, you know, I I don't know, maybe he's just having this happy a happy little Christmas party all by himself, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just kind of like that little touch, you know. It's it, it's maybe a little bit of gallows humor, but mm -hmm. it, it was a nice touch. So, but yeah, uh, just really really in, interesting character growth journeys for all of them. I, I, I just love the film. It, it's so weird, but I love it overall. It's just, it's just fantastic. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And one other thing too, I just wanted to say before the end here is that I, I love a good musical. I mean, I think people might get the idea of me that I, I don't like musicals because 
some of the more iconic ones are movies that don't sit with me right. But I do really love the genre. Uh, I think when it's it's done really well and it works for me. And this one really did. And I think that musicals have been something that have been pretty much underrepresented on this show. I think I've only ever done one episode that was in a musical, and that was for an April Fool's Day episode. So I don't think that really even counts. Yeah. So I was I'm glad to to have that representation to check off that box that has been sorely left unchecked for so long. And, you know, with that, there being this, this being in a long tradition of great Christmas musicals, uh, although it does deviate from that tradition a little bit. I wanted to ask, what are you being the expert? What are some of your favorite Christmas musicals? Oh, boy, that's <laughs> that's, that's, a, a, that's good, a tough question. That's a tough question. Yeah, there's. You know, there's some of the the old ones like uh, I think Holiday Inn is one, and I don't really care for those. So I'm kind of a I'm kind of an outlier on that. <laughs> or, uh, I'm on rebel. the same boat, honestly. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's something more modern. Oh, um, you know what? Just last year, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds played in a music Christmas musical. And I forget what it's called now. Oh, um, um, Spirited. Spirited. Spirited, yeah. Yes. Spirited was great, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I really liked that. Um, a, a very unique take on the uh, Christmas Carol story, uh, which yeah. I'm a huge fan of the book. But we have so many adaptations of that into films and, and so many literal adaptations that I think there's plenty of room to get real creative um, so Spirited was one that really got creative with it, and I think it worked fantastically. Yeah, yeah, that that was a really, really great film. You know, I, I also like a lot of the, the more modern ones. Uh, in particular, there's two from the early 90s that really hold a soft spot in my heart. Nightmare Before Christmas, I think, is yep. is really great. That's That's, you know, obviously an iconic film that is another genre mashup. This time they're mashing up tropes of two different holiday genres you know of course mm-hmm. you know we've got halloween mixed with christmas i always kind of wanted to see a sequel where it goes to like easter or thanksgiving or something like that right uh, yeah <laughs> but i i think my my favorite choice and this goes back to the christmas carol one but and this is a another kind of more modern christmas carol i think the muppets christmas carol is absolutely untouchable like that oh. movie is so good i i love gonzo is charles dickens yep i think that a lot of time, especially in those those 90s, kind of how they would do the adaptations of a lot of classic literature, like Muppets uh, Treasure Island is one of my favorite movies. But you get these really great performances out of these iconic actors. Right. And Michael Caine as Scrooge in that movie is so freaking good. Oh, yeah. he He's incredible. And it's got some it's got some really great Christmas songs in it that yeah. I will absolutely listen to every Christmas. Yeah, so are you are you a fan of that one as well? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I completely blanked on on both of those, so I, I'm I'm maybe not doing so well here <laughs> as, the, <laughs> as the Christmas expert, but yeah, um, the Muppets Christmas Carol is is probably one of my favorite adaptations. I, I forget that's a musical actually, but yeah, I I love that Michael Caine said, you know, I'm going to be in this film, but I'm going to play it straight. You know, I'm not going to act like I'm talking to a, a puppet here, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to do it as if, as if I were performing on stage and it really, really works. So that's, that's, that's a great one. Yeah. yeah I, yeah. Like I said, love that movie. Try to watch it every Christmas. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah thank you thank you art once again for being on and for you know spending this this christmas podcast with me uh mm-hmm. and giving all of just me and all of our listeners this great christmas wreck so hopefully they get as much enjoyment out of it as you and i have uh, regardless of their christmas fandom hopefully i think i think i think this appeals to both christmas fans and non-christmas fans if i'm yeah. being honest yeah i i think if if christmas is just kind of like another day for you or you don't care for it then I, I think you'd like this film too yeah but yeah as as we wrap up here you know you you mentioned your show at this mm-hmm. the start where else can where can people find you where can people listen to it yeah if if you go to cozychristmaspodcast.com that's the website that hosts you can find my the episodes there you can find that you can find it on any podcast app that you might use like apple uh whatever they're calling themselves these days uh even on audible you, you know you can host your podcasts on audible i didn't know that but but you can find it there too um <laughs> but uh yeah so basically the easiest way is just to go to cozychristmaspodcast.com i'm on also on facebook on twitter on instagram we have uh we actually have a, a year-round christmas book club we, we've been doing and uh, we'll we'll read a book. We'll take a month to read a book, and then take the next the month after to just talk about it. Uh, so we I've had about three or four people doing that with me this year. That's been a lot of fun. Very nice, very nice, very cool. And yeah, I also just want to mention to my listeners, um, just I, and I've probably mentioned it already on the show at this point, but next week usually this is a a biweekly podcast, but next week um, because of the big. There's going to be a kind of rebrand for the podcast, new podcast art, uh, new podcast logo. All that stuff is hitting right at the beginning of the year. So New Year's Day 2024, uh, which is a week from today, uh, there'll be a brand new episode. So the weeks are going to get shifted uh, back to years ago. This is the days they originally were on. Uh, We're going to be back on the right Monday. And part of the reason I'm doing that is because of the other podcast that i part of which is the midnight film society uh which also releases every other monday and now it'll uh, it'll be staggered so on weeks that underrated does not come out if you want to still hear more of me you can listen to the midnight film society where me and my buddy damien talk about the new releases of whatever movies have come out that week but the whole podcast all of underrated movie podcast is getting a rebrand so still the same so it's still going to be the socials uh, underrated movie podcast but i also want to mention that our patreon is also going to be getting a fresh coat of paint so underrated movie or patreon.com slash underrated movie podcast and the patron feed now is just going to be called underrated disc two there is where you will find all the episode these episodes will come out a week early there uh, you will also get the Patreon-exclusive podcast, Underdogs, where I cover sp- sports films once a month. And then that's also where uh, my podcast, Infinity Stones and Dragon Bones, is going to be living. It's all going to be on that podcast feed. Uh, you can listen to that on Spotify or there now, too. Or you can just get it uh, on a pers- as a private feed on any of the other podcast apps. Uh, that's you know We have options as low as a dollar a month. And you'll get a variety of different stuff um, depending on which level you want to sign up for at if that's something you want to do. If not, I just appreciate anybody and everybody for listening. Um, And if you can't have the time, uh, just give us five stars on whatever you're listening at. It really helps the show out a lot. But 
one last time, Art, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Merry Christmas. And, uh, yeah. is, and is, is, is there any traditional Christmas things you want to say to lead us out here? Yes. Uh, well, thanks again for having me on. I, I enjoyed talking about it and uh, about the film. But uh, as I usually close out on my podcast, uh, I, I encourage everyone to uh, remember to honor Christmas in our hearts and we'll try to keep it all the year which is a quote from the Christmas Carol thank you thank you and I'll see you guys all in the new year